This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Santita Jackson Show. Got a little feedback, let's work that out. I'm so glad to be with you today on the Santita Jackson Show one day before Thanksgiving getting an echo. We're going to work that out. Okay, great, 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 great. Thank you, Henry. Hey, everybody. WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station. I'm Santita Jackson. It's a joy to be with you today on this November 23rd, Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. We're going to be talking about Thanksgiving, but we're going to look at it from another perspective, from the indigenous people's perspective today. Indeed, the Cherokee Nation are awaiting a law, awaiting the fulfillment of a law that was established in 1835. Yes, 187 years ago. They are supposed to have been seated in the U.S. House of Representatives. That treaty has been broken. That agreement, that law, it's actually law, that has been broken. We're going to be talking about that today. Um, but we also want to talk about how we can really reconcile uh, what many indigenous people call the National Day of Mourning. That is what many in the indigenous community call Thanksgiving. And I think we need to be sensitive to it. We need to understand their perspective. And let's figure out how we can come together and have healing and have healing. That is what we need. That is what we need. I want you to call me at 773 Seven six three nine two seven eight. Opening up the phone lines. Want to know what you're going to be doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, I'm going to be with my family. Thank God, I have a family that I can be with. I'm so excited about that. Um, Got to go get this ham today. Yes, <laughs> but I want to know everybody. Um, what are you going to be doing for Thanksgiving? And what do you think about how do we respectfully deal with Thanksgiving in the midst of so much pain? that we have ignored from the indigenous community. Remember, this is their land. Uh, What did Malcolm X say? We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Yeah, that rock was overturned on them. They welcomed the European uh, visitors who became colonizers, who became their killers, who became uh, enemies. Let's talk about that. And, And what about the treaties, very few of which we have fulfilled? So let's talk about the American government, that is. Let's talk about that today. But let's talk about what you're going to be doing for the holiday. What are you going to eat? (laughs) Oh, you know that's my favorite topic. So call me at 773-763-9278. Got the phone lines open, 773-763-WCPT. Want to hear what your thoughts are about Thanksgiving today. I mean, I'm excited about it. I, I love this holiday, I must say. I mean, as, as tough as it is, you know, historically, I just love being with my family for the holiday, and it's just it's just a great thing. Remember, one in four Americans uh, in these tough economic times are not going to be able to celebrate the holiday because they are not going to be able to afford the meal. Rainbow Push Thanks to Gibson's, yes, that beautiful restaurant downtown. They will be uh, feeding people tomorrow. Please call 773-FREEDOM, 773-FREEDOM, so that you can get on the RSVP list 
and come and get a meal. We will not turn anyone away. We will not turn anyone away, but we thank Gibson's, one of our favorite restaurants in the world, uh, for doing this with being partnering with Rainbow Push Down through the years now. And they will be feeding you some of the best food in the world. Yeah, and that's that's who they are. That's who Gibson's, uh, that's who they are. And we just love that restaurant and so appreciate them. They will be there tomorrow. Uh, call 773-FREEDOM. There is no reason for you not to have a meal tomorrow. There is no reason for that. There are churches that are serving. There are homeless shelters that are serving food. Please, 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 if you're in the Chicago area and you don't have anything to eat, please go to Rainbow Push tomorrow starting at 10 o'clock, but we need you to RSVP so that we can have enough food. So call them at 773-FREEDOM today. 773-FREEDOM today starting at 10 o'clock tomorrow at 930 50th Street. You will be able to get a meal at Rainbow Push. Let's get to some of these headlines, everybody. In Chicago, we're going to have a high of 55 degrees. It's going to be positively balmy today and sunny. Minneapolis, St. Paul, 41 degrees and sunny. In the NBA, the Bulls and the Bucks tonight and the Timberwolves and the Pacers. This is going to be a jam-packed weekend of football, college and professional football and the NHL. Everything is going to be on and cracking and the World Cup, everybody. In the NHL, Chicago will be playing the Stars tonight and the Jets will be playing the Wild. In the World Cup today, Germany and Japan, Spain and Costa Rica and Morocco and Croatia. Argentina, while they were upset by Saudi Arabia. Wow, two to one yesterday. That is huge, everybody. That has never happened before. They are perennial favorites, Argentina and Brazil. Well, they lost yesterday to Saudi Arabia. Things do change, everybody. Denmark and Tunisia, it was a draw, zero to zero. Uh, Mexico and Poland shut each other out, zero to zero. And France, four to one over Australia. Can't wait to see more of. Soccer. How many of you are soccer fans that you know more than four to five billion people on Earth are watching the World Cup? It is the most popular sport in the world. Think about that, everybody. And we are praying for um, for all of the travelers. AAA predicts that nearly 55 million people in the United States will be traveling this Thanksgiving weekend. Please be safe, everybody. Please be safe. At least six people were killed in a mass shooting on Tuesday last night inside of a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. The shooter is also dead, city officials uh, said early this morning. Officers responded to the store less than an hour before closing around 10, 12 p.m. and found the victims and evidence of a shooting. Chesapeake police have reported five patients were being treated um, in nearby Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, but can you believe six people were killed in a Walmart? In a what is going on, everybody? The Supreme Court yesterday cleared the way for the IRS to release former President Donald Trump's tax returns to a Democrat, Democratic-led House committee. The high court's move is a major loss for former President Trump, who has sought to shield the release of his tax returns for years and is currently under multiple investigations. His legal team has continuously sought to keep his returns secret, private, and turned to the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, composed of three of his nominees, his appointees, after he lost at a lower court level. But... To no avail. He must reveal his tax records. What do you think about that, everybody? The Biden administration is yet again extending the pause on federal student loan payments, a benefit that began in March of 2020 to help people who were struggling financially 
due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The latest extension comes as the administration's student loan forgiveness program remains tied up in the courts, everybody, tied up in the courts. And in Chicago, a little closer to home, we have the largest guaranteed income program in the United States. You have to get in it by lottery. The first $500 monthly checks will roll out next month. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the 3,250 pilot program recipients. People need that money, everybody. Please be careful today, everybody. Dr. Knighton will, will not be with us today, but remember, we have this convergence of COVID, the flu, and RSV. RSV. And Chicago area hospitals have changed their visitor policy because of this substantial flu increase, everybody. So please, please, please be careful. Please be careful and have those hand, sanita- hand sanitization stations all over your home as people come in. Please, please be careful. And if people have the sniffles and things like that, like I do today because of my allergies, please be careful. Please be careful, everybody. Take those COVID tests and find out how you are doing. Know your status. Know your status. And um, God bless you. I'm really excited about this holiday. But we have got uh, Pastor Vicki Johnson. I'm always so glad when she's with us today. We had a whole lot to plow through with, the, with these headlines today. Of course, she's got that hour of power at the St. Thomas Lutheran Church at 80th and Jeffrey. At 80th and Jeffrey. Masked, unmasked, everyone is welcome, and they will seat you appropriately. We're so glad that you're with us today giving us some good news, Pastor Johnson. Amen. Good morning to you, Santita, and good morning to all of your morning stars and friends. There is good news. As much as I love Thanksgiving, a time of coming together with family and friends, Eating good food, good conversation, good football. As much as I love this holiday, I am torn with the history of it. Mm. It differs much from what we were taught as little kids in elementary school, drawing pictures of pilgrims and turkeys. It's not the same. Thanksgiving was not a time of peace and love between the indigenous people and the pilgrims. It was more like a takesgiving, a time of celebration for what was taken from the original inhabitants of this land and surviving through harvest one year. Although the pilgrims were not picture perfect, the concept of having a time to give thanks in community was, and yet is, a good one. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter and the 17th verse says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Thanks is good, and always in order, not just one day of the year, but always. Thanks is good, but giving is better. Hmm. It warms my heart to see all of the acts of kindness that are being shown across the nation, on the news, depicting what a wonderful people we can all be 
this week. How about in our thanks on tomorrow, we can pray for ways to give, give regularly to help make the lives of our siblings in the struggle better every day. Think about it as you give thanks, ways that you can give. And if you do this, and I hope that you will, then to me, that's good news. Enjoy your holidays. Amen to that. Let me ask you this, uh, because I was going to ask you, I am going to ask you about loneliness. And, and you know, this is sadly, as, as we celebrate this time of year, and we're so excited about it. And I'm excited about it because, you know, I'm blessed to have my family. We're blessed to have each other. Even when we drive each other crazy, we are so grateful. We never let that get in the way of us being together for the holidays. Um, and, you know, and I will say, you know, you know, you've known me all of my life, Pastor Johnson. We grew up with a heightened sense of that because, you know, my, my personal family was always under direct threat, you know. And so it, I think it made us even more sensitive to... Every holiday, every holiday for us was a gift because we never knew if we'd get the next one. Medgar Evers' family missed a whole lot of holidays. Dr. King's family and on and on and on, you know. And Malcolm X's family, I can just keep on going down the list. But that having been said, um, why did you go back to the indigenous people today? You know, because we're going to be talking with them today uh, we're going to be talking with Fawn Sharp, who is one of the leaders in that community. And we're very, very excited. She's a pre- she's a president of the National Congress of American Indians. And um, we're talking about the proper way to celebrate this holiday, which for them is what they call the National Day of Mourning. The National Day of Mourning. Why did you pivot there today? Well, because we have been told so many things that are not true. Um, America has painted pictures to make us look like we are the greatest, the best, and uh, a caring nation that really, I mean, just look at our history being brought over here uh, across the Atlantic Ocean to not just to have a new place to live, but to be treated or to be worked as slaves and to come to a land that is already inhabited by somebody else. I mean, what? <laughs> this Wait, is that you discover. Thing. Yeah, that <laughs> you, how do you so like, how do you how do you walk in my house and discover my shoes? How do you, you discovered them? No, they were mine and you took them. And so I just don't like us uh, projecting that this is a, such a, a beautiful and it is a wonderful time of the year to be together, to eat good food. But please don't tell me about pilgrims and the pilgrims pride and all of that. I do not want to hear it. I am not drinking the Kool-Aid. 
Mm, everybody. Well, you know, we're going to be talking about that today, just how we can handle this respectfully, because more and more, uh, you know, they say truth crushed to the earth will always rise. Well, more and more we're hearing about indigenous people as they come together, as they push for recognition and for their for the treaties to be observed. Indeed, the Supreme Court awarded nearly 50 percent of Oklahoma back to the indigenous people because it does belong to them. That is the treaty. That's the law. It is the law that they are supposed that the Cherokee Nation is to be seated as a non-voting delegate, at the very least, in the U.S. House of Representatives. 187 years later, that has not happened. We have got to give justice to people, everybody. We have got to give justice to people. You know, and we cannot use um, the European uh, immigration story as the, as the baseline story for the United States of America because it's just not true. It's not true. But all of these stories, all of these strains make us who we are. The enslavement of Africans and importing them for hundreds of years. The genociding of, well, first of all, landing in, landing on indigenous lands and killing them and, and corralling them and treating them horrible. Their health and wealth outcomes are the poorest in the country. We have got to look at all of these things. We've got to think about hurting our Japanese brothers and sisters into con- concentration camps, doing to them what was really done over in Germany. I mean, I think, you know, right. we have to look. I think, we, you know what I mean? We have to look at ourselves because I've met people who were interred in those camps. And the devastation, is, you can't even calculate it. My own grandmother, who you knew, my grandmother, Helen, my father's mother, would not yes. look at Roots. You could not mention Roots to her, Pastor Johnson. Mm. She said, how dare you bring that to me? And that was, my grandmother was stern with me twice in my life, twice. She said, do not ever mention that to me. She said, do you know why we look as we do? She said, do you think I want to talk about that? Oh, wow. Mm. I, you know, I didn't even know. I had no answer for her. Mm. <laughs> She went deep on me on that. I mean, but that this is the American story. These are the American stories, everybody, all of them. So we're going to be talking about that today. And just very quickly, what is, um, can you give us some, um, help us to understand in a couple of minutes what we should be doing at this time of the year. This is a joyous time. I'm excited about being with my family tomorrow, but a lot of people don't have any place to go. One in four families and you know, will not be able to afford a meal. Again, please go to Rainbow Push. Call 773-FREEDOM today so you can get on that RSVP list because we want, we need to get, we need to get as, we need to find out how many people are going to come because Gibson's is providing that meal. Um, yes, that Gibson's, that's right, the fabulous Gibson's downtown. They've been partnering with us for years, for years. Um, what what do you advise people to do? Because this is a really, really tough time for them. And, Jim, I'm going to come to you on the other side of the break. But I want Pastor Johnson to speak to us for someone who, come ye disconsolate, someone has sorrow in their heart, and someone might be thinking of doing something really, really awful because they're in that much pain, Pastor Johnson. You know, it. Um, we take everything as the norm being we, we've created this normal thing about the holidays and families getting together. Everyone does not have family. Um, everyone is not excited about the holidays. 
because it does expose how alone they are. And so it is up to us to be our siblings keepers and pay attention to those who um, might be suffering from depression and from sadness, loneliness, to reach out and be the one that um, gives a helping hand to those who who are alone, who are lonely, who might be suicidal during this time. Um, we need to be be aware of what is going on around us with our families, our friends, our neighbors. The the table needs to be bigger as we work to to help each other. Mm-hmm. And then um, we need to pay attention to our own triggers. There are things that stress us out and make us feel um, really suicidal during this mm-hmm. time of year. We need to remember the suicide hotline number, 988, and don't be afraid to call it. Um, Just those numbers, 988. Yeah, 988. Get some exercise. You say, well, I'm not a, a member of Planet Fitness. Go out and walk. You would be surprised what exercise does to help to settle your brain and um, pay attention to your brain the same way we pay attention to our bodies. You know, um, if you start having more frequent urination, then you might go to your doctor and say, tell them this, and then they will test you for diabetes. If you're having a lot of dizziness and headaches, they will test you for high blood pressure. Well, if you are having thoughts that are guiding you in a direction that you don't want to go to. Pay attention. Mental health is important, just like physical health is important. Pastor Vicki Johnson, everybody, giving us the good news today. St. Thomas Lutheran Church, every Sunday from 1145 to 1245, Edith and Jeffrey. Love you, love you, love you, my dear, dear big sister friend. Let's talk <laughs> love about- you. Amen. Let's talk about voting, everybody. We're still in the midst of the 2022 midterm season. Let's talk about how to vote in Georgia. Back in just a minute. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Welcome, welcome to the Santita Jackson Show as we talk about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You know, it has many different meanings for so many of us. You know, it is a time for us to be, to acknowledge uh, our loved ones and to acknowledge life and to be thankful. It's also a time for us to acknowledge uh, the wrongs committed against the indigenous people of America, of the Americas. The indigenous people, they call it the National Day of Mourning. And we're going to be talking about that today. How do we get from a National Day of Mourning to a National Day of Acknowledgement? And um, celebration is much, much further down the road. But you can't celebrate when you've not been treated justly. The Cherokee Nation have been waiting 187 years for the law to be, be fulfilled. They are supposed to be seated in the U.S. House of Representatives for 187 years. That has not happened. Kim Teehee is their delegate designate. She should be seated. 
half of Oklahoma, just about, should be in the hands of indigenous people. That has not happened yet. That's a Supreme Court decision. Got a lot of things that we need to do, and treaties have never, ever, almost never, almost never been uh, been fulfilled. Let's talk about that at the top of the hour. But right now we're talking about, well, you know, something of tremendous consequence. The 2022 election, indeed, everyone thinks that everything was settled when Arizona and Nevada declared uh, two Democratic wins. No, we need as many we need as many Democratic senators as possible, and we really need Raphael Warnock. He gives us cushion. He gives you negotiating room. He gives you space with mansion and cinema. He gives you space on these committees. You only need a fifty-one. You only need fifty-one votes to get these judiciary, these judicial appointees through. That is why you need Raphael Warnock. With fifty votes, you still have to negotiate with the Republicans. No, with 51 votes, you don't have, you've got, you've got ostensibly uh, 51 votes. You know, we'll see what Manchin and Cinema do, but you have 51 votes. And we can begin to get some of these judicial nominees through. All of that's very, very important. But many people, disturbingly, distressingly, do not know that there is, uh, that there is a runoff on December 6th and that their voting begins on November 28th. So November 28th through December 6th. It's time for you to vote in Georgia, all over Georgia. How is it that people don't know uh, that there's a runoff? What do they need to do? Can you register to vote? No. But um, you need to get ready to vote because everybody didn't vote. You did not have a 100 percent clearance rate in terms of the vote on November 8th. So let's get right to it with Attorney Daryl Jones, chairman of the Transformative Justice Coalition. Let us start with this. What is a runoff and how is it that people do not know that the runoff is taking place on December 6th. Eve, to you. Look, to you as well. The runoff, uh, the runoff concept uh, is one where if, uh, if a candidate uh, does not receive 50% uh, of the elected vote uh, that's there in the state of Georgia, then the top two candidates then uh, are pitted against each other in a runoff election uh, for a winner-takes-all. Uh, type of piece. So in the state of Georgia, you had three candidates. You had a libertarian, and then you had uh, Ralph, uh, Raphael Warnock, as well as Herschel Walker, that were all running uh, for the U.S. Senate. None of, none of the candidates received 50% of the vote. So as a result of that, the top two candidates, Senator Warnock, as well as Herschel Walker, now are pitted against each other in a runoff. The runoff concept is one that really has roots that go back to uh, trying to suppress uh, African Americans from being elected to office. The concept was that if you have uh, three candidates that are running and there's a black person that's running and the black person is trying to consolidate the black vote and they get the highest percentage because they've consolidated that vote and the two white candidates that are running divide the white vote and the black candidate wins because of its consolidated vote, that then we'll take the two white candidates and, and give their supporters a chance to combine together to go against that one black candidate's base of, uh, base of support that, that, that uh, won them that election. So that's sort of the, the, the history uh, of the runoff election. There are uh, only 10 states uh, in our country that have runoff elections. Uh, one of those states, only in the in event of a tie, and one is only for Congress and, and the governor's race. The other eight are all really southern states. 
And so it's a southern state concept that's there. So what happens, though, Santita, is that people don't know about the election. And it's primarily because people are thinking that they've already voted. You know, you know, the uh, November, November election, November 8th election has come and gone. I voted. I've done my thing. You know, uh, the, the person who I saw who had the most votes is the winner. A, a natural and, and normal thing for most people across the country to think. However, in the state of Georgia, because he didn't receive, the winner did not receive the 50 percent, they're now in this runoff election, and most people are unaware that they need to vote again, that there's another runoff election uh, that begins and they can start casting ballots uh, on November the 28th and all the way up to uh, uh, December the 2nd and then uh, on Election Day, December the 6th. Ooh. All the way, all the way up to December the sixth. Well, the, the actual election is December the sixth, so they okay. have one week of early voting that begins on the uh, the twenty eighth, and then there is a Sunday voting that's guaranteed, uh, which is this Sunday that's coming up following Thanksgiving. Very interesting, Santita, is that um, you know, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion. And that's one way you suppress those, you, if you, you create confusion about what's going on. I say that introduction for this. Uh, we've been saying for the last two days that uh, Judge Cox in Fulton County, the, uh, the, the uh, uh, circuit court, the superior court judge there, had a ruling that required the Secretary of State to permit a Saturday of voting this Saturday following Thanksgiving. Uh, the Secretary of State then uh, appealed that decision to the uh, to the uh, next level court in the state of Georgia, uh, their their court of appeals, and that court of appeals were, uh, affirmed it and said, "Yep, yep, yep, you got to have the Saturday voting." Well, now the Georgia Republican Party yesterday has filed an appeal to the Georgia Supreme Court to try to stop that Saturday of voting. So there's all kinds of confusion that's there right now. Uh, the status of it is their Saturday voting and their Sunday voting in selective areas in Georgia. Cynthia, I tell you, it's confusing. People need to go to my voter page, Georgia, to find out you know, all their information with regards to when voting is and where they are to vote. But it's very confusing right now with regards to what's going on. It's intentionally so, because that's how you keep voter turnout down, uh, is to create confusion about when people are to vote. Hmm. We're talking with Attorney Daryl Jones, chairman of the Transformative Justice Coalition. Of course, you can hear him and Barbara Arnwine, Attorney Barbara Arnwine, probably the foremost voting rights advocate in the legal space in the United States today, on their own show on WOL, WOL at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time every Tuesday. Uh, what can we do to break through uh, the misinformation? Um, because, you know, I really see... It appears to me that uh, Herschel Walker, uh, the Republican candidate, has is is becoming more is becoming more vocal, um, even as um, these personal accusations uh, come forward. No one really cares about that, but th- that lets you know just that even that's political. I, you know, I've said to you over and over again that you know when you get indicted, when you get investigated, it's all political. You know, when you um, when people level these personal attacks, or even if you have a personal issue that is revealed, that's that's political. Nobody really at the end of the day, nobody really cares. They really, really don't. So I want to know um, what what can we do to 
help kind of break through the misinformation and um, even though because I think that all of us have a vested interest in what's happening in Georgia um, we will all win or lose uh, if Raphael Warnock wins or loses his um, his being seated in the US Senate is of tremendous consequence it's of tremendous consequence and it's and the corporate media are not saying that they've made this you know a personal a personal contest and it's, not, it's dismissed because of, because the Democrats have the majority. No, they don't. No, they don't. This would free up Kamala Harris to travel. She wouldn't have to be the tiebreaker. Um, it gives us more space on these committees. We need we need him in that seat. We need him in that seat. What can we do to to help our to help our fellow Americans down in Georgia to a know that they can start voting on November twenty eighth. Um, at, through the 6th, what happens, okay, if they get a ballot? I mean, are they able to get ballots now, mail-in ballots? What do they do? Where, can they drop them off? We understand that they closed a lot of these drop these um, mailboxes for the ballots. Right, and, and you're absolutely uh, correct, Santia. You know, uh, it, in terms of the policy pieces and things that, that we want in place for voting rights across this country, you know, we, I open this up by saying it's very confusing. It's very confusing. George has created this very confusing uh, process for people to be able to access voting. Well, one of the ways to clear it all up is if we have federal voting rights that's, that's uniform across the board. But the way that that happens is that, you know, we've got to be able to uh, put in place uh, federal policy uh, that uh, that is that really uh, would be uh, you know you know they they, they can't uh, uh, lobby it uh, against it con- con- you know continually so that it doesn't pass. So one of the things that's filibuster proof. So one of the things to get to that point is that we've got to elect a sufficient number of senators to be able to have uh, the filibuster uh, addressed so that the voting rights uh, issues can be handled. But you're absolutely right. You know, when you're when you're looking at what's happening here and what can be done, uh, when we're talking about the absentee ballots, uh, what we're talking about now is that you should be requesting your absentee ballots right now. Here's the problem with the absentee ballots. Uh, with the absentee ballots, uh, once you've requested them uh, in the state of Georgia, they must be received, not postmarked, but received in the Board of Elections office no later than December the 6th at 7 p.m., the day of election. The How can you know? This. How can you know? Is there a tracking number that you can follow? Absolutely. Uh, with the tracking number for, the, uh, for all of your ballots in the state of Georgia, you can go to georgia.ballottracks. That's georgia.ballottracks.net. georgia.ballottracks.net. And you'll be able to actually track your ballot to see if your ballot has been counted uh, by the state of Georgia. So it's there and it's available for you. You can also go to the My well, no, well, hold on. Georgia. A, hold on, I have another question for you. If mm-hmm. on the morning of December 6th your ballot has not arrived, what do you do? Because I surely you shouldn't to, wait until 7 o'clock when the polls close to find, <laughs> you know, to find out that your right. ballot has not made it in. Absolutely. Uh, what uh, what we suggest that you do is that you go to your polling place or to the board of elections, and you tell them that you know that you've mailed in your ballot or you've taken your ballot to a drop box, which is a whole other story. We get into that, 
and that uh, you're, you're checking to see if it has arrived and your, your indication is that it has not arrived. So I want to, meaning you want to, uh, cancel out that ballot, spoil that ballot, and you want to vote there on the scene. So uh, there's always the possibility for you to cancel the ballot uh, that, that you've put out there and to, uh, and to vote uh, a ballot that's on the scene. The best way to do it, uh, and we call it the 10-day rule, that once you're within the 10 days of the election, do not mail do not use the U.S. Postal Service to mail in the ballot. It's best at that point that you take it to a drop box. But let's understand this, uh, Santita. What the state of Georgia now has done is that they've put limitations on the drop boxes. Ordinarily, we would think that you can go to a drop box 24 hours, seven days a week. Even if they have cameras or whatever on it, that's fine. But you'd have, uh, un, un, you know, uh, you'd have unlimited access to, to the drop box. That's what makes it convenient. But what the state of Georgia has done this time is that they've moved the drop boxes indoors so that you no longer have the 24 hours, seven days a week access. You only have access to the drop boxes during the hours that the Board of Elections are conducting elections. So if it's nine to five, Monday through Friday, are the days that you have access to uh, the drop box. And it's a little unclear right now what they're going to do for the weekend voting, uh, what access will be there for the weekend voting with the drop boxes. It's also, uh, Santita, important to know that when we're talking about uh, weekend voting, if ever, Santita, if ever there was a time to plan your vote and vote your plan, this is it right now in the state of Georgia. Because when it comes to weekend voting, the first thing you want to do after you go to vote.org, to be certain that you are a registered voter, because if you were not a registered voter as of November the 7th, you cannot participate in this runoff election. So after you go to vote.org to determine uh, whether or not you're a registered voter, the next thing that's going to be placed uh, that, you need to t- uh, that you need to do is to find out when and if your jurisdiction is offering weekend voting. It's not required in the state of Georgia. So, you know, there are nine or ten states, I think it may be up to 16, uh, excuse me, counties now that are offering uh, uh, the Saturday and Sunday voting, but not, it, it, there are over 100 counties that make up the state of Georgia. So you've got to find out, does your county even offer the weekend voting? So it's more important now than ever to go to My Voter Page Georgia, find out what your particular county offers with regards to when you can vote. It's mandatory that they offer voting, Santita, uh, Monday through Friday, those five days. What's not mm-hmm. mandatory are the hours that the polls are open. That's why it's important to go to My Voter Page Georgia and find out for your particular polling place when the hours are, are available for you to be able to go and vote, whether you're voting by mail or if you're in person, early in-person voting. All that becomes very important, Cynthia. You need to find out, everybody. You need to find out. You see all of these gaps in the law? If we had a federally protected right to vote, this would not be a problem. Right now, our Constitution does not give us the federally protected right to vote. Antonin Scalia, sadly, in the Bush v. Gore decision, was correct. We don't have it, and we need it. We need it. The original idea of, of the Founding Fathers was for propertyed white men to vote. It was not for everybody to vote. We have had to fight against a right-wing proposition since we have been in this country. And we have all had to fight for the right to vote. And we need to just go on and grow up in our politics and encode the right to vote in our Constitution so that everybody has it. I believe we need to be automatically registered. Let me go to Jim. Jim, you've been holding for a minute. How you doing, sweetie? Happy Thanksgiving. 
you have a happy and a, uh, I hope a happy and healthy Thanksgiving, Santina, you and yours. And I'm happy because the Democrats held their own, and I'm having a good Thanksgiving because of that. I just wanted to mention, Aronoff is a heavy favorite. These are just the betting services. No one can predict the future. But everybody goes to the betting services now, even the Republicans and Democrats and the independents, uh, because nobody can predict the future. But the point is, Aronoff is a heavy favorite in uh, Georgia. The point is that they want to, of course, suppress as many votes as they possibly can. Well, now, do you think he's a heavy favorite, or is he our favorite? I'm, I'm no, only he's, asking he's, that because... In, in, in Vegas, if you went to Europe or anywhere uh-huh. that, that bet that race, Arnaf is a heavy favorite. He's a heavy really? favorite. That's, well, yes, okay. he is. In the betting service, he's a heavy favorite, but that, that doesn't mean he's going to win. I mean, okay. heavy, heavy favorites can beat all the time. My my point is, I can't predict the future, but the, the setup for the twenty if we go two years, if nobody can predict if we're still alive two years from now. But the point is, it, it's it is Trump as a slight favorite. Then uh, Biden, you could probably get about three to one or seven to two, and then you've got the, the guy from Florida. Uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, DeSantis? Yeah, guy down at, uh, whatever his name is. Down Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, they're bunched up at the top. Now, I would love to see a repeat of the Biden-Trump uh, election, because I think Biden would beat him. And he, what's interesting, you talk about the indigenous people. They had a big hand in this election in 2020. They, they uh, Minnesota, Arizona, they're starting to vote getting their sea legs under when they're saying a vote in a block. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you have a great Thanksgiving. I, I can't predict the future, Santita, but I would love to see a Biden-Trump uh, election. That's why I didn't want Trump to get too beat up. I'd rather have just die by a thousand cuts as it goes along. Anyway, have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks, Santita. Bye-bye. Oh, sweetie, you take care of yourself, Jim. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hey, everybody, I want you to call me. Let's talk about Thanksgiving. Let's talk about indigenous people and Thanksgiving. They call it the National Day of Mourning, the National Day of Mourning. Why is that? Why is that? As we're celebrating jumping up and down, uh, you know, it kind of takes me back, Attorney Daryl Jones, to Frederick Douglass's what? To the slaves, the 4th of July. Remember, remember that magnificent speech he gave? In which he, oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it just it, and and you know, but indigenous people have that have that same story and that same feeling. Well, I mean, when Frederick Douglass looked, I mean, this is a former slave, right? Whose father was his slave master. You can't make this stuff up. And he said, you know, as I look at you celebrating liberty and freedom and justice and. And you're looking back over at Europe and you're saying how you got over. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get over here because I'm not free. Do you understand? There was a a tremendous pastor here when I was a little girl. He died when I was a little girl, Reverend Clarence Cobb, Father Cobb. And he would tell us, you know, yeah, it matters what you think of me, but it really does matter what I think of you. And I think that oftentimes we forget that the oppressed have feelings, too. The oppressed have thoughts, too. You know the spook who sat by the door, Attorney Jones. People act as if the people who clean, uh, the people who, who, um, who you ignore, as if they don't hear what you're saying and as if they don't have an opinion and as if they don't matter. 
So we're going to be looking at the indigenous people today, Attorney Daryl Jones, and um, what they call the National Day of Mourning. And we've got to fight to get the Cherokee Nation seated in the U.S. House of Representatives. It should have happened in 1835. It's taken 187 years. It needs to happen now. When are we going to return almost 50% of the land to the indigenous people of of Oklahoma? Think about that, everybody. It's, we've got to have justice. I've got one minute before we go to break. Attorney Daryl Jones, your thoughts. And, and you're absolutely you know, right, Santito. You know, one of the things that uh, we really work to uh, make America better is that we want to be a more inclusive society. But we've got to be more inclusive from, from our beginning and, and be you know, certain that we're recognizing uh, the atrocities that occurred in the beginning of this country. So when we start talking about you know, our Native Americans and our indigenous people and how they were treated and how they continue to be treated, how they're not treated as being included, and we've got to be certain that we pull them into the process and we, that they are part of what it is that we're doing, that we're recognizing the significance that, that they have uh, in, our, in the history of our country. So, you know, that becomes ex- extremely important. And, you know, let me just say that, you know, people that are interested, in, and we know all through the Georgias, uh, they are Native Americans, Indigenous people that were there, people that are interested in working uh, on this Georgia runoff, we encourage you to go to uh, VotingRightsAlliance.org, VotingRightsAlliance.org, and get involved with the phone banking, the texting, all kinds of things you can do wherever you are in the country. You can be involved in this Georgia election. Because as we push to make this a more inclusive society and a more perfect uh, democratic society, we need everyone to be on board, all hands on deck on this. This is the only way that we know. You know we're going into uh, Thanksgiving and, and, uh, and this holiday. This is the, oper- the perfect opportunity for families to talk about the importance, the contributions of the indigenous people, the opportunity for people to talk about the elections in the state of Georgia, to make phone calls to your family members that are in the state of Georgia. This is it. This is this opportunity. Use this holiday to build a, a stronger United States of America, a stronger, more inclusive country, because that's what I think this holiday should be about, is being certain that all of our family members are respected and have the opportunity to be heard, Santina. And that's how you have America fulfill its promise and become great. The idea and ideals of America are great. But we have to work hard. We all have to run our lap in this race to make America what it's supposed to be. America is not what it was in 1776, in 1789, in 1619, in 1492. It's none of those things. So when we say that we have not made progress, that is absolutely untrue. We've made a tremendous amount of progress, but we have to continue to press toward the mark. We have to continue to press so that we can make America a more perfect union and give it space to continue to grow and become what it's supposed to be. We don't live in officially a segregated America anymore, officially a racist America anymore, although we know racism is here and segregation is here, economic and racial. We're the ones who can make that change. We're the ones who must make that change. So everybody get involved in Georgia. It is all of our race. It is America's Senate race. Let's talk about the indigenous people. What to the indigenous person is Thanksgiving? Back with more of the Santita Jackson Show in just a minute. This is the Santita Jackson Show. 
everybody. Welcome to the Santita Jackson Show. Thanksgiving edition, everybody. Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. It's a joy to be with you today. One in four Americans today will not be able to have Thanksgiving tomorrow because they cannot afford it. Let us really share some of our food. Let us ensure that people get over to churches and to homeless shelters and wherever they're serving food here in Chicago. We're going to be serving, um, feeding hundreds of people at Rainbow Push. Please call 773-FREEDOM so that you can RSVP. We have partnered with the Gibson's Restaurant, that fine restaurant downtown, one of my favorites in the world. And they are going to be serving food, giving you some of the best food that you can get. And they're going to be at Rainbow Push tomorrow. They are our partners um, through this holiday season. And we thank God for Gibson's. Everybody call 773-FREEDOM so that you can get something to eat at Rainbow Push. We need to get the numbers. We need to find out how many people so that uh, Gibson's can bring enough food because we don't want anyone to go without a meal tomorrow. I'm Santita Jackson. Let's talk about indigenous people and Thanksgiving. You know, uh, Frederick Douglass wrote a speech and gave this speech that really has shaken the world more than 100 years later. What to the slave is the 4th of July, but what to the indigenous person is Thanksgiving? Well, the National Day of Mourning. So let's talk about that. Why is that? And what can we do to get justice for our indigenous brothers and sisters and make things right? Let's get to some of these headlines, everybody. Uh, In Chicago, we'll have a high of 55 degrees. It will be sunny. Minneapolis, St. Paul, 41 degrees. It will be sunny. In the NBA, the Bulls will be playing the Bucks tonight. The Timberwolves will be playing the Pacers. In the NHL, Chicago will be meeting up with the Stars, and the Jets will be with the Minnesota Wild, everybody. The World Cup, Germany and Japan today, Spain and Costa Rica and Morocco and Croatia. Argentina, wow. They were beaten by Saudi Arabia yesterday at the World Cup, 2-1. to one. Ooh, You can't make this up. Denmark and Tunisia, it was a draw. 0-0. Zero, zero. In Mexico, and the Mexico uh, Mexican team and the Polish team, a draw, 0-0. France, 4-1 over Australia. This is really exciting stuff, everybody. At least six people were killed in a mass shooting Tuesday night inside of a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. The shooter is also dead, according to city officials. Officers responded to the store less than an hour before closing, around 10, 12 p.m., and found the victims and evidence of a shooting. We await further details about this tragedy in Chesapeake, Virginia. The Supreme Court yesterday cleared the way for the IRS to release former President Donald Trump's tax returns to a Democratic-led House committee. The high court's move is a major loss for former President Trump, who sought to shield the release of his tax returns for years and is currently under multiple investigations. The Biden administration is yet again extending the pause on federal student loan payments, a benefit that began in March of 2020 to help people who are struggling financially due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The latest extension comes as the administration's student loan forgiveness program remains tied up in the courts, everybody. Uh, Cook County here, the the county of Cook, where I live here in Chicago, uh, has the largest guaranteed income program in America. You had to be part of a lottery to get it, but 3,250 people will be participating in this pilot program where they will get $500 a month. Indeed, they're saying that this is not a handout. It's a hand up. Good 
for them. Let's expand that program so that people can always have some money on hand so that they can survive and thrive. Chicago area hospital changes. Visitor policies due to a substantial flu increase. Indeed, we're seeing an increase in COVID, in the flu, and in RSV. Everybody, please be careful during this holiday season. Take care of yourselves. Take care of yourselves. And you know what? We're looking for financial freedom. You know, I've been working with Team Hochberg, and I am going to get him on when we come back next week so we can talk about these financial products that can help you to be free. Do you have a debit card? Sure you do, but you should be using a credit card. You say, I don't have the good credit? Well, if you call Team Hochberg, they will get come up with a plan for you to get a credit card. If you have credit card debt, they will negotiate with the credit card company so that you can bring that debt down. And keep your credit score high. What about what about all these financial products? What about loans, FHA loans, VA loans? What about reverse mortgages? All of these things that we hear about, you have access to them, but you might not know how to get them. And you know, if you want to buy a house, you say I don't have the I don't have the right credit score. Guess what? They will come up with a plan to help you. Get your credit together so that you can buy a house or buy an apartment building. But you got to call Team Hochberg at 855-56-DAVID, 855-56-DAVID, or call them or go to 56david.com online. Tom and Sonia did that. They had 17 credit cards with $100,000 worth of debt on those cards, and they were struggling to pay their mortgage. They reached out to Team Hochberg, and they had a free consultation. And then after Team Hochberg did their due diligence, they came back to them and they said, look, this is what we're going to do. And they came up with a plan. They negotiated with their credit card. They were able to bring their credit card payments down by $2,800, more than that. They were able to help them to save their homes. They, they were able, their, their home, they were able to help them to get a loan. That can be you. That can be you, everybody. Call them at 855-56-DAVID, 855-56-DAVID, or go to 56david.com. The first consultation is free. Just let them know everything. They've seen it all. They've seen it all. And guess what? You do not have to be chained financially. You don't. You can break on out of that. So let's get right to it, everybody. Team Hochberg. And uh, that's right, financial freedom. Everybody, let's talk about... What Thanksgiving means to indigenous people. We're seeing more and more activity from indigenous people. Indeed, the Cherokee Nation, uh, in 1835, there was a treaty, the Achota Treaty, that provided them a seat, a non-voting seat, but a seat nonetheless in the U.S. House of Representatives. In 187 years, they have not gotten that seat. But now there's a push by Chief Hoskin of the Cherokee Nation and Kim Teehee, who is the delegate-designate, and by all of us to get her seated in the U.S. House of Representatives. They are supposed to have that. They are supposed to have that right now. What can we do to make that happen? Will the indigenous people get almost 50% of the land in Oklahoma? The Supreme Court said yes. What's happening with that? But what? how does it feel? As Pastor Ricky Johnson said at the top of the show in, in the good news, how does it feel to be in your home and have someone come in it and tell you that they discovered you and that the home that you have built is theirs? That's what happened to indigenous people, but it's really not that simple. Indeed, Thanksgiving 
the Thanksgiving that many of us are very excited to celebrate, is what many of them call the the National Day of Mourning. What does that mean? Malcolm X said, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock, it landed on us. I think they can say the same thing. At Plymouth Rock, there is a plaque for the National Day of Mourning since 19... Since 1970, Native Americans, it reads, have gathered at noon on Coles Hill in Plymouth in commemoration of a National Day of Mourning for the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday. So we are very, very excited to have our team with us today. Of course, Reverend Dr. Todd Uri, Rainbow Push, Senior Pastor of the Douglas Memorial Community Church out of Baltimore, Maryland. Reverend uh, Dr. Uri, so, so wonderful to have you. Attorney Aaron Connolly, brilliant um, political organizer and strategist, um, Covenant Strategies. Uh, we've got Attorney uh, Attorney Daryl Jones, Chairman of the Transformative Justice Coalition. We've got brilliant author. And uh, and really, he is a, a a civil libertarian. We have got the author of the Friends of Negro Village. That's right. I'm talking about you, Attorney Mark Fancher. And um, we welcome to the show, to this show, Fawn Sharp. She's the president of the National Congress of American Indians. We welcome you to the show. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Please help us to understand how we can respectfully how we can respectfully celebrate thanksgiving uh, how should, how we should acknowledge thanksgiving what is the national day of mourning fawn sharp president of the national congress of american indians good morning thank you thank you for that that introduction and, and thank you for this opportunity to really uh, educate folks about not only uh, what Thanksgiving means to us, but to provide a, a venue to, to really um, go into what it, what it means to us to be indigenous, because I think that's a foundational uh, question that all must really understand before even considering what that celebration means uh, for, for all of us. And so I, I often tell people when explaining who we are as indigenous peoples, I, I say that uh, throughout the centuries, we've had one prayer and one prayer only as indigenous peoples in this country, and that is to live as our creator intended on the lands gifted to our ancestors when time began. And what does that mean? That means that historically, from the beginning of time, we've had a very special relationship with each other, with all things living, with the natural world, and we just want to be able to to go into ceremony and go to our sacred places and live as as we have for centuries, be able to speak our languages, etc. And so, when you consider the landing at Plymouth Rock as as a coming together to offer Thanksgiving with Indigenous peoples, that it was not a new thing for us. That is a practice that we celebrated for centuries here. In the Pacific Northwest, where I am from, we had salmon ceremonies. When the very first salmon returned to our tributaries, we gathered and we offered thanks and prayer and ceremony for that very first salmon so that we could see plenty return. And so over over generations, you saw a, a country where because we offered so much gratitude and thanksgiving and value in all things living, uh, this country flourished. Uh, 
uh, upon European contact. And uh, to, to your question about the, the National Day of Mourning and explaining that, when, when you think about the speech that was made on that day, on November 26, 1970, um, by Frank James, the words that he said echo what I just explained. Um, and, and I'll be very brief here in quoting what he said. Uh, he said, we forfeited our country. Our lands have fallen into the hands of the aggressor. We have allowed the white man to keep us on our knees. What has happened can cannot be changed, but today we must work towards a more humane America, a more Indian America, where men and nature, once again, are important, where the Indian values of honor, truth, and brotherhood prevail. And so that simple statement really reflects centuries of value in which we want to uplift and honor each other, where truth be told, where brotherhood does prevail, and where we have reverence for all things living, including the natural world. And so that uh, is our perspective on on this this holiday and celebration. Uh, it, It is reflective of how we gathered together to offer thanks for all that we have, and thanks for all that uh, awaits us in, in the future. So um, that's our perspective on, on this holiday. Fawn Sharp, everybody, the president of the National Congress of American Indians. How should we approach it then? I mean, what? Because I can only imagine, um, I, you know, Frederick Douglass, what to the slave is the 4th of July? as we would see people celebrating freedom and and liberty and we're in chains <laughs> oh, and literally yes. in chains this was a this was something this was a war that that tore the country apart and we're still trying to come back together more than 150 years later it's it's been tough what do you feel you know when you look at the the um really when we we see a triumphant people but we see a, a people who are struggling your health, your health outcomes are worse than African Americans. <laughs> the wealth gap. Yes. They don't even measure indigenous people. When you go on to your tribal lands, the reserv- the so-called reservations, um, and you see just, I mean, the, that you're denied the vote. <laughs> when, yes. I mean, when you see yes. how, I mean, please talk to us about that. What can yes. we do uh-huh. to... Just talk to us. I mean, how how does that make you feel about Thanksgiving? Gosh, it, it, it makes me feel. Uh, I have so many mixed emotions uh, around this holiday. I mean, I grew up uh, in a household where, of course, we we celebrate and we gave thanks, and uh, throughout our entire community and across Indian country. But as truth is, is told, and as we. I did not know about the National Day of Mourning. When I, I grew up, I learned about that as an adult. Um, it was mm-hmm. half a century ago. And so I think the important thing for all of us is to to really take a hard look at our history, the history that's not been taught, uh, to reach out to uh, tribes, our neighbors, um, to, to be inquisitive about that. Because this country, uh, as was said at, at the top of the remarks here, there's, there's generation after generation, race after race, um, uh, ugliness and, and outright oppression and annihilation and dispossession and, and oppression. And until this country comes to terms with that truth, 
we, we cannot even be, begin to start the healing process. And so we take this opportunity, Native American Heritage Month, Indigenous Peoples Day, the National Day of Mourning, as an opportunity to further educate people and, and bring things to light that, that have been buried for far too long. And I could say personally, uh, as a tribal leader leading 574 tribal nations, when we uncover various parts of our truth, it is pain. And uh, when you look at the, the social economic circumstances of our communities, it's very tragic. But there's a, there's a flip side to that. When you do visit our communities, there's, while we experience multi-generational trauma, we have multi-generational strength and resilience, and that is in our DNA. And while arguably the most country, powerful country on the planet tried to destroy us, we are still here and we are coming back stronger because we stand on truth and we know the inheritance that we've been gifted by our creator on these lands. And we know that for centuries, these lands have been blessed through ceremony. And that is why this country is, is so incredibly strong and powerful. And while we face oppression and all of these things that have 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 tried to keep us down for centuries we are continuing to meet those challenges and rise above it even stronger and and so i would i would say get to know native indigenous peoples the strength we are so much more than what you see on the surface when you drive into a tribal community or reservation and you see by you know by by uh, non-tribal standards the oppression but when you look at us through our lens we're incredibly powerful and beautiful and, and strong and resilient. You know, I feel like that when, when African-Americans, when black people, when black Americans are telling our story, we, we say the same thing, you know, because, you know, I'm not tragically black. I'm actually black. You're not tragically indigenous. Yeah. You are actually indigenous. And there is a story to that. That having been said, you know, there is um, the health outcomes, when we look at the wealth gap, when we look at uh, what what has been and what is still being denied um, the indigenous community, we have to talk about that because I know that's got to be a part of this this discussion on on um, on Thanksgiving because you know this is something that we are loath to talk about. That's why we have the fight about Columbus Day. <laughs> oh, it's just it's a big big fight. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I'm just, I'm like, what's, what's, we're not fighting. Why are you fighting with me? What's, I mean, European colonialism is, is a really, really tough nut to crack, Fawn Sharp. Yes. Yes. And, and you're absolutely right about the health disparities and, and all the other disparities. There's a report the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights did, and, and they delivered that report to Congress. And, and they concluded not one federal agency is living up to its trust responsibility and treaty promises. You could look at every index. You could look at health care, education, law enforcement, protecting our, our communities. And that's why we have missing and murdered indigenous peoples. And, and that's why we have such a, a high number of suicide and alcohol and drug addiction. And, and at the same time, when we try to... Uh, exercise our own sovereign powers to raise revenues through a system of taxation like any other entity, like a city, like a county. Uh, we have challenges out of the United States Supreme Court denying us that opportunity. So if they if they don't fund us and honor treaties and they keep us down, our governments, from raising revenues as any other governments, look at those outcomes. But, uh, again, we, we now this year celebrated Lynn Malerba, Chief Malerba, as the very first U.S. Treasurer, and we're creating within the Department of Treasury a, a tribal nation's um, division so that we can address 
these long-term systemic things. But again, it's the full spectrum of, of who we are and how we are created in that single prayer, just to live as, as our Creator intended. And we are slowly, generation by generation, getting to that point and, and doing the work with friends and allies and partners. So uh, we have a lot of work to, to do ahead of us, but boy, are we making significant strides along the way, and, and, and they're epic and they're historic strides. Indeed, and we can do something right now. Kim Teehee should be seated as a delegate to the U.S. House of Representatives. It's been 187 years since that should have been that since that should have happened. It is not a favor that would be done to the Cherokee Nation. It is actually the law. I've got one minute before we go to break. What can we do? Because this is not a favor that is to be done, uh, that is to be given or gifted to the Cherokee Nation. It's the law. It's been 187 years, Vaughn Sharp, 187 years. Yes. The one thing that everyone could do is reach out to your members of Congress and and demand some accountability that they honor promises, that they honor treaties, that they honor the United States Constitution, the highest. Uh, the highest law of this land. They need to to make good and and give that respect that is justly and rightfully with the Cherokee people. It's long overdue, and if we all come together to make that push, I know it's not a question of if, but when that does happen, and we are looking forward to that day. We're talking with Fawn Sharp, National Congress of American Indians president. And we have a tremendous panel. They have a lot of support they want to give to you. We want to know what we can do to make things right. We want Kim Teehee seated in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, We want you to get your land back in in Oklahoma. And we want these other treaties to be obeyed. They're law, everybody. We just don't honor treaties with indigenous people. Um, we honor them with Europeans, but not with indigenous people. Yes, I said it. I said it. And it's yes. the truth. And we've got to stop. Yes. <laughs> you know, please, we just, we give money to Europe. Marshall Plan. Ukraine. Okay, I got you. I'm not mad at you. You need to take care of what's happening here at home. Let's do that. On the Santita Jackson Show, call us at 773-763-9278, 773-763-9278. What does Thanksgiving mean to our indigenous brothers and sisters? Sounds a lot like what Frederick Douglass talked about some years ago when he said, what to the slaves the 4th of July? Let's talk about it with Vaughn Sharp in this panel on the Santita Jackson Show. Back in just a minute. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Santita Jackson Show. Let's talk about Thanksgiving. To many indigenous people, this is the National Day of Mourning. This is not um, for you to... Um, we're, not have, we're not bringing this subject up for you today in this way so that you can... Um, so that you can turn off the radio, so that you can feel badly. We want to, we want to expand your awareness. We want you to understand that there are that there is a we're only getting part of the story. 
We're only getting part of the story. And the only way that we're going to get justice in America, the only way that we're going to really make America a more perfect union is if we understand what happened with the indigenous people. Let's start there. We have to start there. We're talking with Reverend Dr. Todd Yeary, pastor of the Douglas Memorial Community Church in Baltimore, Maryland, Rainbow Push, uh, Attorney Daryl Jones, chairman of the Transformative Justice Coalition, uh, and Attorney Erin Connolly of Covenant Strategies. Indeed, um, she is marrying into the indigenous community, and we cannot wait to hear from her. And we have got Attorney Mark Fancher, uh, the author of the newest, his newest book is uh, The Negroes of Friends Village, The Negroes of Friends Village. You've got to get that book. It is fascinating. And then, of course, we've got Fawn Sharp, who's been talking to us. She is the president of the National Congress of American Indians. And, I, you know, as, as we've listened to you, President Sharp, I want you to hear from the panel, because they certainly have been taking everything in that you've been saying. And um, these, these are conversations that we have offline that we're trying to bring into the mainstream Attorney Mark Fancher, why is it important that we uh, look at the indigenous community, particularly during the Thanksgiving holiday? It's important to look at them, uh, if for no other reason than they've been so seriously misrepresented in connection with this holiday. Uh, it, It would, you know, for anyone who's looking at it, they would conclude from the way that Thanksgiving has been traditionally presented it, it, it would appear that uh, settlers came, they made good friends, and they stayed good friends uh, with indigenous people. And uh, that was not the case at all. I mean, not only was an entire hemisphere uh, stolen from nations that were advanced and civilized and, and functioning uh, you know, at, at a very high level, uh, but it was accompanied by an extended process of genocide and terror. Uh, and we have to appreciate that when we, we start making up these myths about how amicable everything was. I mean, in fact, the, the, the first Thanksgiving is the subject of debate. Uh, there's some who do reference the one that is frequently uh, referred to, but then there's also uh, a massacre that's associated with it. Uh, in 1637, when the Massachusetts Bay Colony uh, governor, who was John Winthrop, called for a, quote, day of Thanksgiving kept in all the churches for our victories against the Pequots. Uh, and what he was referring to was a, a, a massacre of more than 700 people. Uh, and the account that was given of it says, quote, uh, those that scraped the fire were slain with the sword. Some were hewed to pieces. Others were run through with their rapiers. And so as they were quickly dispatched and very few escaped, it was a fearful sight to see them frying in the fire and the streams of blood quenching the same, and horrible was the stink and scent. But the victory seemed a sweet sacrifice, and they gave the prayers thereof to God, who had wrought so wonderfully for them, thus to enclose their enemies in their hands, and give them so speedy a victory over so proud and insulting an enemy. And so it was very sick right from the beginning. And that wasn't the only massacre. There were so many, uh, not the least of which was the Sand Creek. Oh, massacre, you know what? Where- I'm s- I'm sorry. You are, are you on? Are you on the telephone? Because it keeps breaking up. Oh, okay. I, I am on the phone. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. Just keep on. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. The the Sand Creek massacre, uh, which in Colorado uh, involved uh, the the massacre of elders and children and women, 
Uh, and not only that, body parts were taken as trophies. Uh, so, you know, we, we see that the horror of all of this is something that has to be contemplated. And, and I think that we are really uh, due for some serious reflection about what's to be done about that. Um, because many come from a place of what they regard as pragmatism, where they, they say, oh, this is terrible, what has been done, and we need to do something, but let's do it in a way that doesn't inconvenience uh, people. Let's do it in a way that doesn't seriously destabilize and disrupt things. I, I come from a different place. Uh, if you steal my car, I don't want to go back and then say, well, you're, you've become accustomed to driving my car, so let's arrange uh, uh, some things whereby uh, I'll be able to drive it sometime, and you can drive it sometime, and we'll all be happy. No, I want my car back. I want the entire thing, and I don't want you anywhere near my car ever again. And I, I believe that that's perfectly appropriate. Uh, for for those of us who are uh, you know not indigenous to this hemisphere, uh, to acknowledge and accept uh, the proposition that the First Nations are entitled to have everything back, lock, stock, and barrel, uh, and that if we are to stay, it's only on the terms that they set. Uh, they have well-established traditions, practices, morals, viewpoints, and values. And if we're not prepared to live with those, and they're and they're not prepared to accept us, then I think we need to acknowledge that. Hmm. Uh, uh, Reverend Doctor Yuri. Well, good morning, President Smith. Good morning, Santita, to uh, your guests. Uh, good to be with you on today. Uh, as I was listening to. Uh, the conversation that took me back to my days in seminary where um, I encountered a book by Vine Deloria called Custer Died for Your Sins. Mm. At the root of this is the, the fantasy of what I often call theopolitics, uh, the politics of divine right uh, that is tied to conquest. It is codified not only in uh, the mythology of our national rituals, it is actually embedded in uh, our laws. One of the early uh, cases that one would uh, encounter in law school was a case called Johnson v. McIntosh. It's a, it is a conversation about the transfer of uh, ownership interest in land, the first from an indigenous tribe uh, to a purchaser, but it did not... Uh, happened by way of what would be a deed. And in that ruling, the Supreme Court uh, lays out an argument that says uh, the right to determine who owns land in this uh, national experiment is a divine right of conquest that they brought with them from, in, uh, from England. Uh, and so it is in this context that Thanksgiving becomes a much more complicated conversation because we often do it in the fantasy of sitting around and celebrating a meal without understanding that really what it was is it was the distortion of a theological position that President Smith said was the embodiment of the generosity of indigenous peoples that the folks who were lost or fleeing uh, found when they got here. And so we find ourselves uh, really celebrating the lie of Thanksgiving 
while we have recently just become detached from the lie of getting lost, telling that somehow or other Columbus discovered something. What Columbus discovered was the generosity of indigenous peoples who affirmed him in ways that his own uh, government would not uh, embrace him as because he was treated much like a vagabond and a criminal. And so if we're going to have this conversation, folks got to get ready because uh, I heard you, Santita, say, well, we're not trying to uh, 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 upset anybody, uh, I would suggest that, you know, in my role as a preacher, there are two things we're called to do. One is to comfort the disturbed and to disturb the comfortable. We've got to do it by making sure we push the reset button around truth, because the Indian Removal Act as a national policy was basically a sanction for genocide, if necessary, in the taking and the conquering of land if the indigenous people did not go along to get along. And so as we think about this today, when we think about the horrors of violence that have been used, has been used to perpetuate national expansion and national identity, we cannot be partners in this process of distortion and untruth. We have to begin to elevate and step back and allow the indigenous voices to take lead to help us to understand how, as part of our moral obligation, we begin to do what is necessary to correct what is the foundational wrong, which is the theft of land by force and conquest that has now distorted every relationship that this nation has had since even before its founding. Amen to that. Amen to that. We are supposed to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. And we've got to get this narrative right before I go to Attorney Jones and, and Attorney Connolly. I mean, we've got to get the narrative right, Vaughn Sharp. President Sharp, that, I mean, we, there's, yeah. just, there's too much that we're celebrating now that is, that is false. And, I mean, is there a way for us to get from where we are to where we ought to be? Where should we be with this holiday? Where should we be uh, with, this, with this fight for justice? Where should we be with the seating of Kim Teehee uh, and, and other nations that need to be seated? Because we're not supposed to have 435 members of Congress today. Our, our, our Constitution gave us space to expand the House of Representatives and, I mean, so that it would reflect the, the population of the country. We do not have the, the number of people in the United States in, in 2022 that we had in 1619 and 1789 and 1776. So how do we get where we, we are where we are? Where, where do you want us to go? Where should we go with the celebration of this holiday, with the acknowledgement of this holiday? What, what is the proper way to approach it? Yes, I, I think the proper way to approach it for, for every family that, that will gather around the table uh, tomorrow, uh, just to take a, a moment, even in offering your prayers individually and, and, and collectively as a family, uh, for, um, for truth, um, for guidance, for wisdom, and for understanding. I often say these multi-generational challenges that were confronted no single person, no single generation can fully comprehend it. Uh, and if we can't fully comprehend it, how are we going to actually move toward uh, healing and restoration? Well, we need to come together as, as, as Indigenous peoples have historically in, in humility and, and understanding that what we are confronting is so much larger than any one of us. And we need uh, our, our, our almighty 
God and creator's grace and mercy and, and wisdom for us to not only confront the dark chapter that our people face, but every dark chapter since. Because this, this movement of colonialism and this movement of Western expansion and this movement of, uh, you know, making all these advancements at other people's expense for very narrow self-interest, mm-hmm. special interest, that has to come to an end. And so I, I think the best way to, to honor it is in, in the ways that we have and, and the ways that we have uh, historically for centuries. And, and I'm confident that generation by generation, we are going to continue to educate people and we're going to expand our our friends and allies, because this isn't just for the indigenous peoples. This is for every person that's that's a citizen of this this magnificent country to to live as as those that uh, you know when, when they when they uh, came to this land and they saw the, the the wealth and the balance and the 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 honor and the respect that we had for for each other and that we had for all things living. Uh, this this planet is on a trajectory that's not sustainable and. And our ancestors foretold of a day of reckoning when mm-hmm. the, the path and course of, of this society was not going to be sustainable. And we are that seventh generation since treaty time, and we are that generation our ancestors prayed for and hoped for when all hope was lost and gone. And, and so in this day of reckoning, in this very sacred moment in time, we all individually and collectively have a, a duty and a responsibility to continue to make advancements, but it's only... Through, through dedicated um, prayer, our spiritual life, and, and just having honor and respect for each other to allow these conversations and to be uncomfortable and, and to do the work that we know is, is necessary for us to, to heal as a country. Mm. Uh, Attorney Daryl Jones, I have a couple minutes for you. Thanks so much, Cynthia, and thank you so much, President Sharp, for, for all that you're doing and, and, and the knowledge that you're, you're bringing forward. You know, uh, you know, Cynthia, I say it and I say it and I say it again. You know, we're out here and we're always talking about the critical race theory and the completeness of American history and what's being taught. You know, you can't be in favor of critical race theory. You can't be in favor of the completeness of teaching of, a, of the American history and not be uh, uh, an advocate for the uh, indigenous people in the history that's here. And, and I think that's an important part of what, uh, of what we're exploring here. You know, one of the things that I find uh, just, to me, just so enlightening is that, you know, we now have the, the first cabinet member uh, for the Biden administration, for any administration in, in, our, in the history of our country, and, uh, and, and, and uh, uh, Honorable uh, Debbie uh, Holland, who is the Secretary of Interior, uh, who is of, uh, uh, Native American descent. And, you know, one of the things that's, that's big and, and that, you know, I just truly appreciate is that what Secretary uh, Holland is doing right now, she's going to listening to her. She's going across the country to explain to people, you know, the importance of uh, the Native American, the indigenous experience, and how it all interrelates. And I think that, you know, we should take this holiday, this, this uh, Thanksgiving day, to be certain 
that we begin to have that conversation about the completeness uh, of the conversation and the contribution and the incorrect treatment, mistreatment uh, of the Native American uh, in how this holiday comes about. I'm not saying, you know, don't don't celebrate our country. I think we have a wonderful country. But I'm saying that's important that we understand the completeness of the record, that it's a comprehensive understanding of, of the treatment of the Native American, what has happened to our indigenous people, and that we recognize it. So, you know, Santita, you know, I, I really appreciate the conversation. I think it's such a timely conversation for, for what's happening right now. And I really, you know, encourage everyone to, uh, to as President Sharp was saying, you know, to get a hold of the members of, of Congress and let them know, you know, uh, our support uh, for, for what President Sharp and, and, the, uh, and the nation is doing. I, you know, I, I don't think I can put it any more clearly than that, Santita. Amen to that. Attorney uh, Aaron Connolly. This has special meeting for you today. It, it does. It does. So majority of my household is a part of the Cherokee Nation. And um, we've had a lot of conversations this week about what Thanksgiving means to all of us and the history that we've talked about today, which is, you know, sometimes for people difficult uh, to talk about the violence that America is founded upon. And when I say America, I mean the colonist white America. And we see that throughout our history. We see that for every leader that fights for the soul of our nation. We see many of those lives ended by violence, right? And we wake up this morning to another mass shooting <laughs> in this country. And we have to understand that this this is our history, this, this mm-hmm. history of colonization, this history of thievery. And it's um, important to speak to all of our children about about that truth. This isn't a critical race theory. This is just history. And in order for the soul of our nation to move towards justice and the great promises that we like to have as our ideals and celebrate on this day of Thanksgiving and what Abraham Lincoln, I believe, tried to do after a tumultuous time in the Civil War with this proclamation of the official holiday is to try and reconcile some of that. But in order to do that, we have to talk about the truth. We have to have atonement, and that includes our policies in honoring these treaties. So go to CherokeeDelegate.com. They make it very easy for you to contact your member of Congress over social media, over the phone, over email, and let them know that this is an important issue to you, that this Thanksgiving, at the very least, we can honor our treaty and send Delegate Teehee to Congress. And as you said, Santita, it shouldn't stop there. Delegate Teehee should have a vote in Congress. Other tribal nations and indigenous people should have real representation in Congress and have a voice, a voting voice for the interests of that community specifically. And we have the power to expand that. You know, the colonization of Washington, D.C., the U.S. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, all that has to end. It just has to stop. We've got to grow up in our politics, everybody. I want to get a couple of quick phone calls before before we give the final word to President Sharp. Mama D, what's on your mind today? Well, hallelujah. Greetings on this day of disinformation. My father's mother was full-blooded Cherokee India. NAA, Indigenous Native American Africans, and Indigenous Native American Indians are twin victims of the American genocidal holocaust. One had their homeland snatched, 
One was snatched from their homeland to work that stolen land for 246 years as a movable thing called chattel. They are the only two that could be born in America and not be citizens in the land of their birth until Mm -hmm. the 14th Amendment. My question if you are in the country before it becomes a country and 1619 came before 1776, you yes. are indigenous. Why doesn't NAA claim their status as twin victims of the American genocidal holocaust as it relates to reparation? Well, let me ask uh, President Sharp, you want to speak to that? What about citizenship? Yes. Uh, yes. Um, so Native Americans didn't... Uh, we weren't even recognized as, as citizens until 1924. Uh, and so uh, when, you, when you look at the fact that uh, many of our, our, our natives uh, fought for this country, even before we were citizens, uh, we have generations of, of Native Americans who, uh, who, who lived here, who built uh, this country, who contributed to this country, who sacrificed their lives for this country, and, and even against uh, a history of, of mass genocide, mass murder, killings, uh, taking our, our kids, uh, putting them in boarding schools, uh, denying mm. our, our language, all of, all of those things that um, uh, are, are just still to this day creating uh, so much trauma with, within our communities. Uh, there, there is that opportunity for, for all of us. Uh, to, to come together to have these conversations to recognize that um, each and every person that is, is here in this country present day, we all have a, a history and we all have an opportunity to, to speak truth, to breathe that life into this country, a country that is morally bankrupt, a country that is, is just riddled with division and hatred and, and all of those things. And we can rise above that to that place where, where our ancestors uh, saw that, that the value in each other and resist the temptation to be divisive, resist the temptation to be apathetic about all of these things and, and be the, 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 the leaders and, and those that our ancestors had hoped for when all hope was lost, and, and those are very tough conversations, but they are necessary conversations, and, and we have to get to that truth, and we have to uh, go back um, back generations to, to, to be able to begin a healing process. So I, I really appreciate that question, and, and, and just know that, that um, the National Congress of American Indians, we are committed to uh, joining all of our, our equity partners across the spectrum uh, President Biden um, ran on a platform of, of reclaiming and, and healing the soul of this nation, and the soul of this nation is is desperately in need of, of healing, and it's it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us. How can we get in contact with you, President Sharp? Yes, um, go to the uh, National Congress of American Indians uh, website, uh, ncai.org. We are uh, the oldest and the largest Congress of sovereign tribal nations since 1944. We're going to be celebrating our 80th year this next year. Uh, You can go onto our website, uh, look at our our priorities, look at um, uh, gatherings that we have coming up, not only within the Congress, but across Indian country around various topics. Uh, and, and just get engaged with us. We we so value and appreciate 
uh, our, our partners, our friends and allies, not only to assist us, but to find ways in which we can uplift you as well. And so uh, please do reach out to NCAI.org. Uh, Thank you. Well, you know what? I want you to come back to the show. Know that this is your home. And um, we're only going to win if we win together. That's the only way we can win. But that is why acknowledging uh, the history, the true history of Thanksgiving, acknowledging the indigenous people of our land um, and really and embracing that history, because this, too, is American history. You can't separate any of it. You've got to count it all, Joy. It's all part of our history. Uh, Shapiro, i got about 10 seconds for you, sweetie. Celebrations by us. I'm getting my meals from her for, for me and some friends tomorrow, 708-526-4546. Shapiro, you got 10 seconds. Hey, I just want to say quickly, happy uh, Thanksgiving to everyone. We appreciate your support. We look forward to serving you for Christmas. Call us, 708-526-4546. Thank you so much, Santita. Can't wait to get my vittles. I love you, everybody. Going to get some closing thoughts on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel from my wonderful panel, led by um, Fawn Sharp, who's out on the West Coast. I can't keep her too much longer. I mean, maybe she'll get a little bit more sleep today. I don't know. But everybody, may you have a blessed, blessed holiday.